Hello, everybody. We are back full swing, working really hard now. And I really, really, really miss spring break, but life goes on and I'm going to have to deal. So this is what happened this week. Like we're done with all of those qualitative methods. Like each week was a different type of qualitative method. So now we've covered all of them. So now we're moving on to something new, which is observation, which is a type of qualitative study or a type of research method you could use that is qualitative. So with that, of course, you know me, like I started the observation assignment like a couple weeks ago. Like I always like to do things early, right? And that's what I kind of love about professors just leaving the syllabus wide open and the schedule wide open and and not releasing things like per unit or per week because if I do have the opportunity to work ahead of time I'm going to take it so that I can have this breathing room and not stress myself out so much because I'm the exact opposite of a procrastinator right I'm like what like to do things early so even though we started like the lessons and like the lecture about observations, like I I did the readings and tried to figure it out by myself and of course learned a few new things, which I think I'm going to have to tweak um, for my assignment. But that's the whole point, right? Is like not being super overwhelmed with something new because I got a head start on it and now I just need to make these changes. So that's going to take a little bit of effort and some time. But I think, you know, the way I worked on the timeline and working early, I think I can be able to make those changes that I want. But we are continuing on observation for next class, um, which is the analysis side. So I'm I'm still kind of drafting an idea of what I want to say, and then I can always clean it up after the class. But, you know, by next week, I hope to already start our very last assignment, which is interviews. But that's something for later. Uh, right now, the focus is on observation. So here's the thing. Of course, before I started my observation, like I want to get the approval from my professor first so that, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to go off on some weird tangent and it's already wrong. Right. So I email her like, hey, this is what I'm thinking for my research question. And she helped me out. So my very initial like research question was, you know, how do people utilize mobile devices at a beach park? And basically we kind of ended with, you know, with I guess I assume she meant like utilize. It's a little tricky. So she's like, you need to add in in what context. So my new research question became how and in what context do people utilize mobile devices at a beach park? So that's the question I took and ran and like went on a Saturday to Coconut Island. And for those of you who don't know what Coconut Island is, it really is technically a very, very, very tiny island. You could walk around it in like five minutes, but it is accessible by a pedestrian bridge or, you know, go take a canoe or outrigger or kayak out. But yes, um, one of the main ways to get to Coconut Island is uh, through a pedestrian bridge, right? And that's why it's an island, even though it's like super, super, super tiny. It's basically an atoll, I suppose, or just, you know, a section of land that's jutting out um, with water in between. I'm just really trying to point out like how fucking, you know, small this coconut island. So really it's a park and it barely has a beach. Um, it's got like really, really tiny 
beach of sand. And, and if you want to call it sand, it's probably a, a little more rocky than that. But but people go to it. So I went on a Saturdays for like the maximum amount of people I feel like I could get, because if I went during the weekday, like, you know, people are at work and people are at school. So I just felt like I wasn't really going to get a good like observation sample if I don't go there on the weekend. So I took my husband's terrible San Francisco 49ers foldable chair because that's literally the only thing we have left. Like the other foldable chair broke. And then I guess I didn't, if I had one, I can't even remember, brought one from Oahu. So that was like the only chair I had to sit in, which I was like so shame because, you know, I'm all about Dallas Cowboys. I had to go sit on a fucking San Francisco 49ers, like red and gold chair, people. Okay, like it was like literally vomiting um, 49ers. But anyway, um, sat down. We had to do it for an hour and observe for an hour. And that's what I did. So, you know, I did the preliminary part of my paper, right? Anything that I could do right up until the analysis section, you know, took a little break during spring break and then, you know, did the readings for the analysis and started getting to it. And that's really where like the heavy workload is, is analyzing the data that you've collected from your observations. And that one took a a bit of time, but I think I got majority of it done um, before class. So now class happens, right? The very end of class, we go into breakout rooms and we're supposed to like help each other or discuss with each other like possible research questions so we could like get going. And for my group, I one of my classmates, she's the one that lives in Kona, was like, hey, why don't I like come drive over to Hilo and let's both go to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and do our observation there because we are allowed to partner with a classmate in terms of like setting up the protocol and being at the same location, but we had to be at different points of the observation location and still like have our own data and observation and analysis and our own paper. Like that's like the only thing we could do together was like go to like the same place together. But that doesn't necessarily mean our research question is the same and we just couldn't be um, standing or located at the same exact point during the observation. But I mean, that would have been a great idea. It's just like I had to tell her like, girl, you know me, like, I already did my observation. So she was like, oh, my God, Jessica. I was like, I know. But yes, I am that bitch. So so I was really like helping my other two classmates like work on their research question, just sort of telling them like what my research question ended up being. And, you know, we got stuck on that point about the in what context section of my question. And, you know, I didn't really understand it, but that's what she told me. So now. We go back into, you know, a a full class out of our breakout rooms. And she's like, does anyone want to share like, you know, what they think their question is and I can help you. So one of my friends, she uh, friends, one of my classmates, she lives in Kailua. She was like, I'm going to do how do people use electronic devices at a beach? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. And I was in my head with trying, I'm trying not to make a reaction here, but I'm like, um, hello, that is basically my question. And you told me I had to use the phrase in what context in addition to how, and now you're telling her that it's okay. So I was like, oh, hell no. So like, usually what happens is 
she's the last person to leave the class. So if you have any questions, you can just stay back. So at 730, I was like, I'm going to stay back because I'm going to call her out and be like, why are you letting her have that question when we literally have the exact same question? And um, you told me I had to put in what context. So I like copy and paste my question and I put it in the chat. And she's like, this is my question. And she's like, oh, yeah, you don't need to put in what context. We already know the context at the beach. I'm like, try not to make a face. But I was giving her this face like, what the fuck? Like, uh, wide eyed, like shocked face. Like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, I'm not expecting her to remember the exact email conversation. But I do expect her to kind of keep on one train of thought, right? So I'm like, now she's, to me, essentially changed her stance on like the way the question's worded. And I'm like, how is that different right now? I'm like, you're, you're telling me two completely different things. But at this point, I'm like, what, what I was trying to do was I wanted to simplify the research question because I was seeing the data analysis for it. And I was wondering... Could I tweak it just a little bit so I'm not like digging my own grave in terms of the analysis? And she said that was fine. So I just changed it. I was like, I took it. I was like, you know what? Like I roll. I'm not even going to freaking like call her out right now about like totally giving me com two completely different like feedback or ideas. And I'm just like she was literally contradicting herself when she was like, yeah, no, you don't have to put in what context because we already know the context at a beach park. And I'm like. Right. OK. Just remember you said that <laughs> now, like I don't even have receipts for it because it was like over Zoom. So I don't have it in writing. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. And I feel like this happens all the time or like this is not the first time that this happened. So anyway, that's what's going on with that. So I simplified the research question because she said this was good. Um, even though I don't have receipts now for it, but she said it was good. And now I know I'm comfortable because my classmate pretty much has the exact same question. But, you know, she's going to do it at Kailua Beach. And I already did mine at Coconut Island. So it would be interesting to compare our analysis or at least our observations, because I, I would be interested to see because it, it could be location based. It could be people based. And as observers, how different we are. So I think that would be not to be super nerdy right now about it, but I think that would be really, really interesting of how similar or different our observations are knowing it's essentially the same question, but it's at completely different locations and beaches and islands and all of that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, I did want to mention like, in terms of work, my GA ship, like it's really, really ramping up. And I think I already mentioned that. And I think that was sort of it, it goes hand in hand. Right. And that to me is why I try to start my assignments as early as possible to pad in these times where I'm going to be busy with other things such as work. And now that, it, you know, the end of third quarter has happened the data just got pulled and now we're working with the real data. You know, that's something I really need to work on and that's time consuming, you know? So now that I know I have a handle on my assignment for class, I feel much better about taking time to like really do some work because it's, it's, you know, 
impeding on the time I could be using for classwork. I'm just saying, I'm just like super happy with myself about how I'm managing my time and managing my work right now. But anyway, how we kind of use like a lot of data, like some of this data is like 25,000 rows down, right? And that's a lot of data to deal with. So you need to deal with it in bunches and how we do it is you the use of pivot tables to which he had to give me like a refresher course last week. And then you use VLOOKUPs, which I've technically used before, you know, at work, but uh, at my job like long, long time ago. But uh, again, also had to give me a refresher on it. So it was um, when we have two sets of data that we have to use. I got one. He got another. And honestly, the one he got is a much smaller so when we got together for a meeting and he showed me like this really like cleaned up file of his, I was like, oh, shit, like I got to like I told him I'm not at that step yet. <laughs> like That was like, you know, like really, really cleaned up. Right. I'm only at the step where like I have it in the different tabs, right, the different subjects that we need it to be in. And I was like, I just need to get to that step. So he showed me how he got it or his process of cleaning up the data, you know, putting it into different tabs by way of pivot tables and then using VLOOKUPs for that. But what happened was when we had a meeting on Tuesday, you know, with the outside guys, the DOE guys, we saw that some of the data seems to be missing. And he was like, that seems wrong because I know for a fact there there should be something here and something there. And I think during the meeting, we figured out that or rather, I figured out, yeah, this is me tooting my own horn. <laughs> so, you know, I was really looking for the data and I figured out that and it's always prone to error, right? When you're working with data this big. But he had coded something and referenced something that generalized it too much. So I was trying to tell him, like, oh, yeah, this is why I created these codes so that you could break it down to really what we want it to be and need it to be. And I found essentially his error for it but I was just like gold star Jessica <laughs> but yeah so I fixed it for him and then I tested it and now like the data looks more correct than it did previously so I was super happy with myself about it that I found it but then that was only through understanding his process so then when we met Later on in the week, I was asking him, like, could you explain, like, why you separated out in these tabs? And it was basically saying, like, you know, when you're working with so much data, you need to sort of whittle it down. But, yes, it is prone to more error because you're you're filtering a lot more and you're splitting data out. And a thing like coding it wrong means you have to change the the codes and the or add in the data on all of those other sheets. So if you if you made like freaking five spreadsheets off the main spreadsheets now you have to go in five other spreadsheets to add in like that column what we did was he added in a column of data and like that's missing right from those five spreadsheets that he created that filtered out to what we needed and so i had to go back in and fix it all but i told him I was like look we we found out that the real data just got pulled so like let's just stop using this one i i figured out you know your process so i'm gonna use the real data now like let's get going you know like let's stop wasting time on the old one because we're just gonna have to do it again for the new one so let's just do it with the new one you know and um i'm glad that he like fully agreed with that because i i didn't mean to come off like so strong but i think that's like the hard part of 
my innate need to like take the lead on stuff and I have to realize, okay, Jessica, you're just a graduate assistant. So like, let the boss talk, <laughs> let the boss decide. But I appreciate that he really, one, asked for my input and then two, respects it too, at least from the um, initial interactions that we have. So I really appreciate that, you know, and I always try to take best practices in my own experience. And I think, you know, anytime when the tables are flipped, um, you know, if it's me mentoring someone else, like I want to take those sort of good characteristics of how to talk to someone respectfully and make them feel appreciated and and that their opinions matter. Right. Because I think we've all had those kinds of jobs where it's just like, no, just do as I say, just, you know, do it this way. Like you're just an extension of them right you're just their arm you're just doing the tedious work right they're doing all the real thinking and the hard stuff but for here I feel like he's a lot more like take it and work with it and you know let me know what you come up with and you know we'll see so I like I said I really appreciate and respect that and I think that's what gives me a lot of freedom but I think that also freedom comes with being able to work remotely right that your boss isn't always looking over your shoulder because he's just a cubicle away or an office away right but the way that we're like literally physically distant by the Pacific Ocean allows for independent work which is why I think people need to find people who can work independently um in stuff like this so it's been really interesting. Like now we've actually really had to work together on this data and we are on a time crunch. So I think communication is key and finding time to explain to each other like our process so that we're doing the same things or we're on the same page in terms of looking at the data and organizing the data in a way that is consumable for the layman. Right. But anyway, it's it's been fun. But it's also like, oh, my God, like, let me just like try to hurry up and do this. I can like go back to doing my schoolwork. Right. So, yeah, it's getting kind of crazy. And I knew it would happen. Guys, it's fucking April already. Like, where did the first quarter of this year go? Like, I felt it went by so, so fast. And now it's already April. So I can't wait. That means just that just means there's about what, five or six weeks left of the spring semester and I swear to God, it can't come quick enough. Although I have to take summer school. Oh yeah. Here's a story about that. So like I get an email that, you know, registration is coming up in a couple weeks for fall. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like I felt like I just dealt with summer and here I am just like, okay, fall registration, you know, here's the draft of the fall courses. And I was just like, OMG, like now I have to do this again. So now I had to look at what can I register for next class? And surprisingly, I found out that our core class is asynchronous. And I was like, yes, thank God, because I was just getting a little like doing this once a week thing. I mean, it's fine, but I am very much welcoming the asynchronous opportunity here. So now I needed to find an elective class, right? So I looked at the list and I'm scratching out everything that doesn't apply to me right now. And then I already took one class last fall that's being offered again. But I was like, I can't take that. So I was like, I think I need to set a meeting with our department chair. So I did. And when we talked, I mean, at first I thought I had uh, three options 
But then he was like, oh, one of these are like we we you could take it, but we recommend that you take this one course first. And it's really meant for this and and this and that. So I'm like, okay, that one's crossed out as well. So now that leaves me with two. And that's like uh, emerging technologies for like K-12 teaching and then gaming and simulations, which I already inquired about. And then he told me there's secret option three, which is not in the course catalog yet. But I guess it was supposed to be about like e-learning with like online communities or something like that. But he basically told me it's like basically social media, right? Like online communities, which is a very, very generic term for social media, which like piqued my interest. But I don't know the professor. Um, I don't know if it's asynchronous because the gaming one is asynchronous um, and it just so happens to be my GA boss. So to me, that's a plus. So I was like, okay, so really, really, I have two options because the K-12 one, he said, that's if you're like, you're really, you know, like you're a K-12 teacher and you really want to know like how to teach this. I'm like, well, technically I'm licensed too, but um, that would be like third on my list. So it's really coming down to the social media one or the gaming one. And I mean, neither of them really kind of pique my interest, but I'm going to have to choose one. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, I guess I'll update you, which I ended up, which one I end up registering for. But, you know, such is my life. But OK, I'm, I'm I hope we're done, you know, doing this registration crap for like another eight months until, you know, spring rolls around. So. Anyway, let's end with my uh, Zen as fuck from my book. And one thing that like really brightened my fucking day was I started super binging um, Netflix's Is It Cake? Like reality show. Only because when I saw the previews, I was like, they look fucking legit, you know? And for me, um, I don't watch like baking shows. So I fast forwarded through the whole baking section. Like I just want to see the freaking cakes and like play along and see if like I can tell which one's real or fake. And you know what? These people are good. It is hard to be fair, though. Their editing doesn't give us as a viewer a good opportunity to really like look at each of the options and, and the secret cake in one of them. It's, it's out of five. Yeah. So one out of five is a cake. And then you're just kind of with the with the panel of judges there to decide. Anyway, um, if you haven't tried watching that, you at least should watch one episode because some of these are like super freaking real looking. So kudos for them. But it's definitely a nice distraction to have on the TV while I'm like staring at my computer, like working on class. So lucky to have binged it this week. We'll see what happens next week. I'll see you guys then.